James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. When it comes to life, there are trials, and then there are trials. Trials are the rough situations in life that we go through. The car refuses to start. A relationship crisis emerges, or a health issue arises that requires immediate attention. All of us go through these kind of trials. But trials of this kind simply cannot compare to trials, capital trials, that those in James' audience were going through. A couple of technical points. First, this same word for trials, periosmos, is most often translated as temptation when it is used in the four Gospels. David Nystrom notes, the Hebrew word that stands behind the Greek word trials is nasah, which means to prove the quality or worth of someone or something through adversity. So, through the trial, there is an authentication process that is happening. Like gold that is refined in the fire, so Christians experience refinement through trials. Nystrom goes on to point that periosmos is linked to periodis, which means attacker or pirate, and can mean both incitements to evil thoughts and actions and hardships. Second, this word for meat that precedes trials carries with it the idea of suddenly encountering something unexpected. It's only used two other times in the New Testament. Once in Luke 10.30 to the man who encountered robbers in the story of the Good Samaritan, and then again in Acts 27.41, when a ship the Apostle Paul is sailing on runs aground on a reef. This word for meat, or peripipto, the Greek word, carries with it the idea of suddenly encountering something unexpected. It's only used two other times in the New Testament. Once in Luke 10.30, to the man who encountered robbers in the story of the Good Samaritan, and then again in Acts 27.41, when a ship the Apostle Paul was sailing on runs aground on a reef. Another point to note is the trials these Christians were facing came in all different shapes and sizes. So, to summarize, these trials James is referring to are testing moments in our lives that suddenly emerge and catch us by surprise. Are you going through an unexpected trial today? Something is weighing heavy on your mind, making it difficult to sleep, focus, and get through life. It consumes your thoughts and is leaving you with feelings of deep anxiety and dread. Take a few moments to release your trials to God this morning. He is your master, your father. He knows and he cares. Now, as you pray about your trial to God today, you may be tempted to think it is too big for him. It's important to note something about the particular trials James' audience were going through. To understand this, we must take a look at the time frame in which James is writing. 
It's around AD 46, nearly 2,000 years ago. The 12 tribes in the dispersion to whom James was writing were people that had probably been scattered as a result of Herod Agrippa I. These people knew what it meant to really suffer, not just everyday hardships, but real trials. These trials were real-life situations that called into question the very faith that they held so dear. Trials that saw their families thrown into prison, friends beheaded, or homes lost. So when James wrote this, he was not talking about being patient with other believers when they annoyed you. He was talking about clinging on to the faith in Jesus Christ that seemed to be causing countless believers to lose everything. It is so important for us to get a grasp on this. For the believer, being kind to the people that annoy us is the basic 101 class of Christian faith. It was already addressed by Jesus when he told people to love their neighbor as themselves. James' main message was not to show believers how to get along with one another, but was telling them, and he's telling us, that when situations and events call into question our very belief in God, we must continue to hold on and trust in him. With that in mind, let's go back to that trial you're facing today. Take a few moments to praise God this morning that he is greater than any trial you face. Now, no doubt, some of the Jewish believers hearing this message said, James, are you serious? You want us to rejoice when our homes are being taken away? You want us to rejoice when our friends are covered in tar and burnt alive for being Christians? Surely you don't understand what you are saying. However, to get a clear picture of the joy James is talking about, let us look at how joy is defined. When we look at the definition of joy, we see that it is defined as a feeling of inner happiness. The type of joy James is talking about is not something that is just giggly or giddy, but is rather something that is found in the very heart and soul of men and women. James calls us to the real life of joy that is lasting. This joy is a joy that is buried deep within our souls and will not shake if the circumstances in our lives go up and down. In your darkest trials, you can have joy knowing these two things. First, that through this trial, God is allowing you the astonishing privilege of seeing a side of him that you never would have seen aside from this trial. Second, through your challenges, God is forming you to become more like him. Those two realities, 
can sustain you. That being said, choosing joy can be difficult. So pause and ask God for the strength to choose joy today. Not long ago, I was listening to Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life, share the story of how he and his wife Kay handled the day when their son Matthew, who struggled with mental illness, took his life. He had not been answering his phone all morning and this immediately raised concerns. Realizing the seriousness of the situation and what they might likely face that day, Kay reached into her jewelry drawer and pulled out a necklace that said, Choose Joy, the title of a book that she had just written one year previous. That afternoon, as her and Rick's greatest fears were realized, those two words sustained her. Choose Joy. Choosing joy is never easy. Many times it is the most courageous step of faith you can take. It is a conscious decision not to yield your will to Satan, but onto God. To so believe that God's promises are true, that even in the darkest situations you face, the morning light reflecting off the empty tomb of Christ shines brighter. As we close, take a few moments to yield your will to God. Commit that regardless of today's circumstances, that you will embrace joy. Let's close in prayer together. Father, you see how choosing joy is a struggle. I confess my need for your grace today as I purpose to choose joy in my life situations. Thank you for the peace your joy brings. I worship you today. Amen.